I've just had a lot of bread, maybe a little bit too much bread. How much is too much? Well, you know those people that um, say that they, you know, have some... <laughs> Can I make an appalling generalisation? You're going to talk about celiacs now. <laughs> Are you going to pretend that you don't believe in the idea of... No, I'm not. Um, but... There's nothing to believe or not believe. But yeah, it's those, you know, the, glut- the glutenistas. Um uh-huh. I always have that slight tendency to think, oh, I think I've got a problem with gluten after I've eaten two pizzas. <laughs> I think it is. I think you're just spelling gluten wrong. It's G-L-U-T-T-O-N. <laughs> that was very good. Thanks. I, I just I made quite, that one I didn't up. Actually, I didn't quite pick up the spelling, but then I just guessed. <laughs> I inferred. I interpolated. Yeah, so I think I might have had... Um, because I don't have uh, I don't have things on it except butter, and then I put a little bit of salt. Oh, because you have unsalted butter, or because you are... correct? Okay, just checking that you weren't trying to harden my arteries. I thought you were worried about cramp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of all the things in my life to worry about, cramp is um, definitely top five. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a future episode. Could be um, <laughs> top five things that you worry about. We are doing a little wraparound of the part two of a conversation we had last week that was revivifying a conversation we had the week before. So we are like in multiple parentheses in this conversation now, aren't we? So, yeah, we are actually referring to, uh, there's an episode of Midlifeing called Trying to Get Back to Normal, which was episode 57. And in that episode, Lee and I had a fight, which was cut out, so it doesn't actually exist in episode 57. And then last week, <laughs> we had an entire conversation, which has been split in two, where we tried to reconstruct, at least begin to reconstruct that uh, conversation. So last week's episode, oh, oh, is that right? Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So 58, episode 58, yeah, 58. part one, mm-hmm. seems, Madam Naders, I know not seems, mm-hmm. is the first part of a conversation. The second part has already been recorded, but today what we're doing is tell our faithful and unfaithful listeners. It's a little wraparound because there's a couple of things that we, um, there were things that I heard that we didn't quite finish and I just wanted to maybe ask directly some questions. Anyway, you Have you done preparation? No, I listened to the edit, same as you did. That's as much as it was. You know. Okay. So, ULs and FLs, you're going to listen to the second half of the conversation that we had last week, and it will come after the music, which will be right now, before I hit play on the music, which is not really how it works, because I'm just going to do this all in post. But, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Use the word in post. I know, what a dingle. Anyway. No, it's just like, it's because you've been doing this over a year now, you're, um, you're an experienced uh, sound editor. Anybody who is an actual sound editor, please don't give me feedback. <laughs> Remember, go back to the first episodes. I'm not interested in your feedback. Before we, before I play the music for you, I just want to say, trigger warnings. We're going to continue talking about gender-based violence. I think we might refer briefly to the concept of rape culture, although I can't remember. But we also definitely, very early on in the conversation, Simon brings up the notion of suicide. So just to let you know that there are some triggers potentially for listeners. Okay, so... On with the show.
This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife In. I don't know how it would be, let's say, acted upon. Yeah. Uh, talking about it as a systemic societal problem, that unless the conversations are happening with and to those men who are so whatever the word is, mm-hmm. that their their recourse to action is to commit acts of violence towards other people, that unless that conversation is with them and isn't shaming them, then we are that to, like my kind of sense is that we, we, they are and we are lost. Mm. And you know, and, and one of the straw man arguments, like real straw man arguments about that, is is why is it straw man? I don't know. Or that certainly it complicates it, but it's it's a little bit low hanging, which is the the just how many men commit suicide. Talk about epidemics, you know. So I, this is where, and you know, this is where we're just talking way above our pay grade. Well, I'm talking about way above my pay grade. Uh, likewise. Sure. So, what are you asking me, Simon? Because I feel like there's an implicit question that I've not been able to to quite pull out yet for myself. Oh, well, I guess maybe I, I don't know. Except as maybe it's how are you feeling about last week's conversation now, given uh, given this very long pricey which turned into an actual conversation. Because uh, we don't need to, we don't. There's nothing to settle. Like from my perspective, there's nothing to settle. It's not like we're going to go. Well, yes, this is the answer. No, well, God, if only you know. Um, <laughs> I think, I think how I feel about it is, I, I feel, I feel very similar to where I felt last week, which is that I don't disagree with you. That the the only way to fix it is by bringing everybody to the table. God, it sounds trite when you say it like that. Though I have to say. And and there's there's also a massive hanging, but mm. but I don't know what we do to encourage people to have the appetite to have those yeah. conversations to be able to yeah. confront, you know, because we're talking about stuff which is oh really really um, I mean it's just hard, which is I they're think sort of, they're deep cultural things, yeah. aren't they? Which is why when I said they can fuck off, and I'm talking about those three lads. Yeah, to be clear. Although they do become emblematic for me. Represent, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But when I say they can fuck off, it's because I'm, I'm taking myself to that moment and thinking, how would I have that conversation with them? Yeah. How would I bring them to a point where, where they can understand that my difference, my otherness, is not a threat to them? What's the threat that... Okay, in The Guardian the other day, um, there was a writer talking about, or writing about, him and his wife both continuing to wear masks outside after Freedom Day in July. Something that Bob continues to do. She always wears masks, and I wear ma- a mask probably 50% of the time when I'm out on the street. So outside, outside not just in not shops. Not just inside yeah. shops, yeah. Which has never been mandated never in been this mandated. country. No, not at all. One of the yeah. things that she has often talked about is, in our small town, being approached by people who say, you can take that off now take that off Uh, you don't have to wear that that's no longer necessary we are safe now and this guy mm. who was writing in the guardian said was 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 reflecting on the same experience he and his wife wear masks when they are out together nobody bothers them when he is out nobody bothers him but his wife is constantly 
harangued. And so this goes back to that idea of what is it that allows them to be seen to be more visible and more able to be approached? What is it that makes yeah. somebody want to intervene into the life of somebody who's walking around merrily minding their own business with a mask on? To express themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You must stop that because what? It, it makes them feel uncomfortable. Okay. So how is it different from me in a conversation the other day with um, someone who I talk with often or I found out Uh, hasn't been vaccinated and is traveling a lot. And how is it different from then me, you know, if you're being unkind, you'd say mansplaining, which I just find just absurd in this particular context. But anyway, which is to try and go, how how do you, like to to ask, how do you reconcile responsibility, traveling, risk, all of those things? So uh, you're asking me what's the difference between those two? Yeah, what's the difference I mean, between me kind of effectively wielding, attempting to wield influence? That I think I'm right here. Okay. You're in a conversation with somebody that you know. <sighs> you're in a dialogue with somebody that you know, and therefore you will have had conversations that are about opinions. Yeah, but then, then if we... If we uh, I was wielding power over cut you. straight back to domestic violence. It's almost always people you know. Okay, I'm going to park that for or, a second. I'm going to park that for a second because I think that cross, I, I think that crosses the beams in a way that we 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 need to yeah, yeah, we need to yeah. untangle that a little bit. But last week I was wielding power over you. You were wielding power over me. We were in an we were in an argument. Yeah, we didn't agree with one another. We were both trying to win. We scored. We were pushing, yeah. we were pushing buttons. We, and we scored some cheap and lazy points against one another. We sure did. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. And so am I. But you know what? Let's not worry about that because we're, <laughs> we still love each other. We're still friends. It's all fine. But you Took a hit, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably didn't answer your text messages quite as quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you could, I thought it was going to. I thought you were going to talk about choreographic practices. Then, just for a moment. <laughs> well, that's got nothing to do with that. That's just me. <laughs> I did put. A, I did put a smiley face or a kissy face on one of your comments yesterday. I hope you appreciate it. Um, and I took that as yes, you can do that, which I did. <laughs> Hurrah! Um, see, I couldn't even type. Yes, please do. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. We were, we were, you know, we were in a conversation with one another, and you trying to explain to the person that I assume is at the very least an acquaintance, if not a friend, because you're having yes. a conversation with them about personal details. Yep. And then you are trying to convince that person of your rightness and their wrongness, <laughs> and that's that. It always goes well, doesn't it? Well, ha but. That's not the same as going up to a stranger and saying, take that off. You don't need to yeah. do that anymore. Ugh, I, it, it feels like there is a can open and there are worms everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is a very, like, that thing you're describing. I mean, I guess that's why I drew the analogy with someone I know in a, in a sort of more, you might say, in a more closed environment or in an environment where there was still a presumption of rightness on my part. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, there's lots of evidence to indicate that in this case I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you buy into that kind of evidence is an, another thing. But there's like to me there's a, there is a line, there is a, I don't think it's so dissimilar from 
the scenario that you're describing. I think you're, I think the distinction you made is an important one, which is well, what what comes over a person to approach someone and the, they don't know and say, "What are you doing? I'm right, you're wrong." Mm. Effectively, yeah, right. Why don't you be more like me? Is yeah. what they're saying. Yes, because there's a part of me which you know, you and I would have, everyone listening would have been on both sides of, I imagine, both sides of that equation. There's something about, if I'd flip the side, which is, what is it that I do when someone says you're wrong? Like, what is it that I'm holding on to? Again, I'm not saying that that should happen, but in that circumstance, what is it that I'm hanging on to, which is to say, how dare you say that? And I know I know that's not the same conversation, but it's it's I'm trying to um oh God, I don't know what I'm trying to do, Lee. <laughs> I don't even know if it made sense. Uh. So I'm walk or Bob's walking down the street, yeah. she hasn't been wearing a mask, and someone comes she's not wearing a mask. Yeah, and somebody and someone comes up to comes her and says, up to wear says, a mask. Wear a mask. Yeah, so the, the, the response there is quite legitimate. The the response that Bob would make or could make in that moment is to say Masks outside have not been mandated. I don't need to. I will wear one when I go inside of a shop. Thank you. Yeah. So the 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 question you're making effectively it's like a legal argument you're making. I'm I'm saying that if somebody wants to, okay, we have laws against dogs shitting on the floor and it being left by their owners, right? (laughs) Yeah, we do, don't we? So (laughs) I can say quite laws, quite bylaws. (laughs) Not laws, bylaws. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I never quite know what a bylaw we, is, but anyway, I just uh, like the term. Well, you can get you can get fined, okay? Oh, yeah, okay. So if I see somebody who is not picking up their dog shit, I will do the very passive aggressive. Do you need a bag? <laughs> you should do that with masks. Do you need a mask? No, because. <laughs> I can say that and I can feel morally righteous because I know that they are doing something which is socially inappropriate and also is against a bylaw that you should not be leaving dog shit on the floor. And by saying, do you need a bag, I am giving them the opportunity for dignity. To be able to go, oh my God, thank you so much. I totally came out of the house. I thought they just wanted a wee. Because there isn't a dog owner in the land who hasn't popped out across the road with the dog to do a quick wee and the dog's suddenly gone, actually, I know I've done seven shits today, but I need another one. You go, are you kidding me? There can't possibly be anything left inside of you. How can you be doing this? I didn't bring, and I've had that conversation. Luckily, I live near enough to where the dog pops out for a quick poo to just go, oh, and I say loudly, I don't have any bugs. I'm going back home to get one. I'll be back in a moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though there's but nobody around. I'm trying around. to draw a line between the desire. I'm tr- I'm trying to draw a line, forgetting about whether the about the cultural appropriate, however it's culturally appropriate, or whether there's a bylaw. Yeah. That I'm trying to draw a line, which is about, let's call it exerting some kind of righteous control over another person. Mm. Or even unrighteous. But and and I, I I think I understand what you're saying when you try to take the mask off Bob and have her be the person who says Yeah, no, it wasn't you know, clumsy, yeah. You need to put a mask on. Uh, um you sorry, yeah, you, you whichever way around you did it. Yeah. Oh, some she's not that's right, she's not wearing a mask. Somebody tells her to put a mask on. I don't think we can separate out those two I think I um, I get what you're saying about the righteousness of it. But I, I, it, it doesn't feel like a simple switch to say, 
this is just somebody trying to convince another person of their rightness or their no, wrongness. Because no, it's, if, it's, they're uh, we- if, if somebody is wearing a mask and they're not bothering you and they are not saying you should be wearing a mask, you should have no concerns about what they're doing with their lives. It has got no impact on you, except for the positive. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, again, I'm, it's, it was a really, it was, um, it was a, it was a very uh, long line or fragile thread or however you want to describe that, that I was trying to pull. I'm mixing all sorts of metaphors. This is one of my strengths is my capacity to mix metaphors. I guess I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get at the desire to control. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I which is yeah. which is which which I guess is pulling us back to these more sort of egregious and violent forms of controlling, you know that oh they're all degrees of violence I guess but yeah so I, well I think okay so hmm, hmm I think it's Julia Kristeva the second wave feminist writer who writes about the idea of use value and exchange value and that that's that is what women have within society they have use value or they have exchange value but they have no intrinsic value except as commodities to be used or to be exchanged Mm. and she was writing that in the 70s i'm pretty sure that that was chris dava i get i get the you know it wasn't seek sue was it Irigaray? It might have been. might have been. It wasn't Siksu. It <laughs> those three. Might, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, one, it's one three. of those three. I, I yes. think it's Kristeva. Maybe it was Irigaray. So it's, you know, because I um, I can't keep them straight in my head, which is a, a, a shame, shame on me. It, it kind of is moot in this particular moment. That's just me showing my, my workings. So I, I think that idea of um, of a society in which the idea that women's value is in their, you know, in, in, is not intrinsic, but is it extrinsic, is, is, is so endemic that it, it yeah. informs behaviours. Yeah, no, that actual, that, that those kinds of violences um, across the whole range from the explicit to the implicit, yeah. the so-called the everyday, yeah. you know, the, the micros, they're, um, they're, it's like that kind of... Uh, the sort of utility of women in that case is, yeah. is like a low-hanging fruit. And, and I, but, yeah. I think that's that's kind of to try to you know to go back to the mask thing and the guy writing the Guardian, him not being pestered and his wife being pestered. It's that sense that she has no extrinsic value. Intrinsic. Uh, sorry. Oh no. Yeah, no, no. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I used the wrong one. She has no intrinsic value. Her her value is is extrinsic. Try that again, just for the edit. <laughs> she, to go back to the guy writing in the Guardian. <laughs> I can't do this for the edit because I made the mistake at ULs and FLs. If it stays in, oh my God, I'll try this again. (laughs) Go back. (laughs) And three, two, one. I really hope you keep this all in. (laughs) Yeah, I probably will. But she's, yeah, so she's got no intrinsic value. That's why it's possible to just go up to her and go, oi, why are you wearing a mask? Yeah. Whereas they yeah. don't do that to the fella because the fella obviously he has agency. Yeah, but there's also an as- but there's also an aspect of 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 actual of of biology in relation to strength there as well, isn't there? 
But the risk is surely the risk is higher for a man to approach a man than it is for, to approach a woman. I would say physical it, risk. It entirely depends on which man you're approaching, doesn't it? Because well, you yeah. know, we, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm making it. it. Yep, sure. It, we go back to might be a very... <laughs> we go back to those three lads. They were clearly picking on the little fat guy because yep. he was low risk. Yeah, low risk. You know, I, I'm. Yeah. I, I occupy a different physical position in the world, you know, because of because of growth and because of just stuff that happened. So sure. I would become a less easy target now as, at six foot two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and skinheaded and bearded. I don't get people pestering me. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? Um, uh, okay. I mean that. Yeah, I don't know if this is interesting to other people. Oh, I think it is. Okay. I think it's very... I'm really glad that we had this conversation a second time with with you having had a little bit of sleep and me being <laughs> in intense physical... Off-y. Well, I was going to say in intense physical pain. <laughs> Have you had your yeah. booster yet? No, no, tomorrow. tomorrow? Oh, yeah, I meant to say oh. it, to finish that, um, finish that conversation that we started. Was, yeah. Yes, mine is tomorrow. Oh. I'm, uh, I, th- I don't know what kind it will be, oh. but it will be tomorrow at midday. I'll be um, doing my bit to prevent poor countries from receiving their vaccines oh. and encouraging the development of new variants of the virus. Oh, that's, that's, I, yeah. know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's so difficult to know how to make ethical choices, isn't it? Well, it's also, it's, it's the... The absurd idea of having national policies to do with um, a virus, yeah, <laughs> as if the virus gives one fucking yeah. shit about a border, I know. A, 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 a um, an abstract entity like a border. Yeah. It's it's just it's the most obtuse. It's like globalization reaping what it sowed, basically. Mm. Me and Bob had a in a very particular way. Yeah. yeah sorry. No, no, no. Me and Bob had a very them and us moment while we were being, um, well, actually, just after we'd we'd had our jabs. So there's, you have a fifteen minute sort of layover after you've had your injection to make sure that you're not going to have a a really. I don't think you do that in London. I don't, don't I've never you? had that yet in London. Okay. They do that in New Zealand. Yeah. I've never I've never seen it. I've just seen. I just walked through, jab, walked out. Oh, okay. So we we booked to have ours in a great big hangar um, in Exeter. Or just outside of Exeter, actually. So it's basically this huge, big warehouse space that looks like it's been purpose-built. So we went in, we joined the queue, we gave our numbers over, we joined another queue. Do you have to have, do you have, to have booked, or can you just roll uh, You can do both. We had booked. So we got our injection, then we sat down, and there's a big sign that says, opposite the, the seating area, when you leave, please turn your chair around to ensure that the, uh, the staff know it's ready to be cleaned. So they come over and they disinfect the chair, and turn it around again. So you effectively say, wow. I've sat on this one. And it was fascinating just to be in a room full of people who read signs and oh. we suddenly went, oh, right. So we're in a room full of us. Compliance. There is absolutely Compliers. no, yeah, there is no them in this context. And we both went, well, of course not, because this is, this is entirely optional. This is not mandatory. These are people who have decided I'm going to come and I'm going to do this thing either for my own good or for the good of the people around me or whatever. And it was just fascinating to watch the orderliness of the queues, the the way things were responded to. Oh, we must turn the chair around. Everybody turned the chair around. Nobody didn't do it. We all sat for the requisite 15 minutes. It was very, very different to... Yeah, if you like your bubbles, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. 
It was curious because we'd just come from Ikea, <laughs> which is quite nearby. This is the opposite. Totally the opposite, where people are like, on the day of mask mandates being put back in place inside buildings, people walking around with their chins up in the air and lack of masks just sort of go on. I challenge you to say something to me. I dare you. Mm. And just kind of going, I'm not going to. I, I've got my mask on. You do you, kiddo. You do you. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Well, you can. Thanks. And the question is, is there anything from listening to the edit that for you felt left either unresolved or uninterrogated? So one thing, one question I had is, is how much was that edited? Quite a bit. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Because okay. Every, every week, I um, what I'm trying to do with the edit, Simon, is follow, and I know this might be difficult for anybody listening to believe this, but it's to try to follow a theme. So if you think that our conversations are chaotic... They're more chaotic than you yeah, actually realise. Try listening to the unedited versions, because what happens is we will pick something up, and then we will go off on not just one, but multiple tangents. So there will be brackets and brackets and brackets and brackets. Uh, but then we usually find our way back to something, and, and often I will try to, to sort of just tie those ideas together. So the, the thing that was sharpest for me as I listened, I mean, the thing that jumped out for me was a, a kind of a... was a, you, oh, Fuck, Lee, this is really difficult. So I heard you describing kind of what I thought of as being legal things, that something is being, that something, whether it's mandated or not, in in relation to masks. And I was trying, I guess I kept trying, or maybe I didn't try hard enough, was, I guess I'm the thing that interests me most is actually not the gendered aspect of this. That's That doesn't, it's not that it doesn't interest me or that that isn't important, but that is human beings, we exert our will over other human beings all of the time. You might say at its most benign, it's kind of like power games. Any scenario in which I, I'm basically saying, I want to do this irrespective of what you want. It's something about me, not necessarily about the person I'm wanting to exert that power or control over. That is, in this case, it it, it doesn't matter what you were dressed like or how I perceived you, that there, it's, it's my response as a bully in that situation, this is referring to these three muscled people at your school, is something about um, addressing a problem I have to do with power or lack. or And that's, that interests me uh, tremendously. I got quite frustrated listening to me talking about the, the, the bullying. Uh, for one, I think calling it bullying just feels like it elevates it beyond what was necessary. It just it feels it feels like it gives it more import. It was a, it was. It, it, uh. You you still felt, you felt super vulnerable though, and it yeah, really no, cut to you. Yeah. So let's not. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't underestimate that. I, no, I know, but I also have to. I, I know the narrative of my life, and my, and it's and and it's you know this is a a relatively short period. I was really happy at school. You know, from the age of eleven to sixteen. I was very, very contented. I found myself listening to that and thinking, 
that I got frustrated with myself that I was elevating this moment. Oh, you know, it, it was two years. It wasn't a moment. I, I struggled during my A-levels. Um, and this was just the kind of the, the angel on the top of the Christmas tree moment. Yes, it was, was just, an episode that's emblematic of yeah. that uh, time. And it, it was low-lying throughout the two years, and then it just had this kind of almost flashpoint. But I got frustrated listening to myself talking about it because it felt like what I was doing was effectively trying to uh, make analogous my experience with people who were experiencing gender-based violence or, or 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 something more more coercive and ongoing and that frustrated me hearing myself talk about that because I was thinking oh it just feels like what I'm doing is is making an easy comparison that I don't think is accurate well I don't think it's easy the question of its accuracy isn't isn't an is another, is, they're two different things because I think that, you know I do think that we, ha, we that's what all we have is our experiences in a way and, and certainly in, a, in conversations like this is what we do means what humans do we draw on our experiences and we try and draw lines between things and sometimes those lines are a little bit wonky and sometimes they're not so I, I mean I just feel like you shouldn't be too hard on yourself in that respect and I think it's probably um, yeah I think it's it's probably because you'd said you'd use the word mansplain earlier on in the episode and, and I think probably having that word which you didn't like and you said god I really hate that word in this context well I think you said you hate the word in any context but um there was that sense of of hearing that that word infected the way I heard everything else that, that followed. <laughs> and I found myself thinking, am I trying to mansplain gender-based violence through oh, one experience that I had as a 17-year-old? And then kind of going, yeah, because of this, I understand, which which mm. frustrates me. And I, I I hear what you're saying, that that I need to not be as hard on myself. And that's... But fine. I don't... Yeah. I think it was just that I got frustrated that by trying to find a way a way to understand it through my body, I potentially limited the possibility of the conversation. Hmm. I don't think you... Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's up to people who are listening to decide whether that feels like it's trivialising something or how dare they or... Yeah, but I mean, I don't think we've ever... I don't think we are... I think we're trying to make sense of things in this case, which are not easy to make sense of. And maybe the making sense of them is even more complex because you and I are uh, the gender we are. You know, that that it, it provides a particular perspective, which is, um, well, partial, limited, yeah. as it could only be. Absolutely. I think I think you're right. And I think that, that it's, it's, that's really helpful, Simon, to be reminded that my frustration as a listener I have to park <laughs> because that's like, you know, I can be frustrated as a listener and then yeah. I also have to remind myself that, but I can only speak from my experiences. Yeah. And, and also, also if you're frustrated as a listener, you also then deny listeners their agency in a way, if you, yeah, of you know, if you, which is just like, that would be, that's like doubling down on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take responsibility for you as well as yeah. not, for, you know, it's, uh, hmm. yeah. so I think, I, I think, when I suggested we did this kind of like little wraparound, I thought that there was more to be done than I actually think there is now. If oh. that makes sense. I, I, I think that you, your perspective when you listen to it is, is probably more coherent than my perspective. And actually what you're reminding me is, 
of course it's still lacking. We are only two people who don't really have a perspective from which they can properly negotiate this, and that's okay too. Yeah, yes, and it's tricky, isn't it? Because does that mean we don't have the kind of warrant or right to talk about it? And that's where the question of responsibility is is really important, um, which is that I'm not speaking for all men, I'm not even speaking for you and me, but just just from my sense of it and my curiosity, and, and don't, when I use the word curiosity, I don't mean to somehow mean it like a kind of academic thing where I'm not invested in it, that I'm as if trying to distance myself from the, the mess and the violence and the, the way in which people's lives are ruined by what we're talking about. I don't mean that at all. But my kind of the thing that keeps grabbing me in relation to responsibility is, well, why is it that I, I, I'm not talking about those very clear instances of gender-based violence? I'm just talking about the the smaller things that are happening more on an everyday level in which, for example, I attempt to exert control over another human being. To me, there's like I start going into much more kind of macro levels, which is something about individualism and what, how is it that we're not um, responsible to communities, and that there's a sort of so that's where I sort of end up when I think about responsibility. Yeah. I don't mean responsibility to oneself, but I mean responsibility to one's community and the broader questions of, of about the way in which we are part of and the way in which our behaviours infect and are infected and affected by communities. Anyway, that's. Right. 